0: Thanks for joining us today on the Harvest Podcast. Now, here's today's message. We pray that it will bless your life as you listen. Before we dive in tonight, um, if you would turn over to the first page. It's after the announcement. Sorry, that's the first page um, in your in your handouts. Uh, Miss Fran is going to try to follow along with me, but I'm, I'm my, one of my buddies texted me earlier, and he said, "Kyle, football's on tonight." And I said, I'm probably going to miss it. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm going to be mindful of the time clock, but <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I'm going to be mindful of the time clock. Pastor, uh, Pastor Josh was already saying, hey, you know that this is adult service in here. This isn't youth service on a Wednesday night. And I said, no, I'm preaching like an evangelist tonight. So uh, we're about to bow our heads and take a love offering for Pastor Kyle so he can afford his kids. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was just kidding. I'm not going to do that, but seriously, I I do want to be mindful of the clock, but um, just kind of bear with me tonight. I am going to have fun. Tonight's going to be interactive, so I'm going to be asking questions. I do this with the kids because I don't want it to just be you hearing me all night long, I don't want to just be that monotone teacher, Charlie Brown, that continues to talk to you because sometimes I teach, sometimes I preach, sometimes I move around and be, like, crazy. um, And I don't know which one I'm going to be tonight yet. So let's find out. So here we go. The first question is, has anyone ever looked back and thought that if you only knew what you knew now? Yeah, knew then, like, whenever you were a kid, what you knew now? Like, seriously, like, you guys... I know you're teenagers, but you're like, if I only knew Yeah (laughs) Priscilla's like, yeah. No, but seriously, if I only knew what I knew now, then. And so I tell you what, I I have all of the I have these scenarios happen all the time. I'm sitting here thinking like I'm I'm thirty, I've been out of school for almost twenty one no no I'm just kidding I've been out of school for a while I'm not going to do the math that's terrible math but I've been out of school since 2005 and it's just been crazy graduated but think back and I'm like and you guys are like wow 2005 woo that's nothing but this is the deal this is the deal some of my youth kids like yeah he wasn't even born yet so I'm old to them OK, like just think about whenever they're trying to you're having a conversation with them. Like, that's why I have this job. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like the things that were popular to me, the things that matter to me, When they're like, that's old school. That like, no, no, we don't we don't do that. We don't say that. Um, I think I said something a couple weeks ago that they were looking at me like, we've never heard that before. And so I'm, I'm constantly being reminded that I'm aging just a little bit. I don't feel like I'm aging. I feel like I'm like 24. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But I'm telling you, I look back at my high school life and the things that I, uh, now that school is over, and I look back and I think, man, there are some things I could have done differently whenever I was in school. There's some opportunities that maybe I missed. There are some things that, you know, I think some like Dimion, in the next couple of years, you're going to be like, man, there were some teachers I should have let know that they were awesome and I missed the chance. But now, no, nah, Dimion's really good at going around and telling everybody how, that he loves them. But seriously, there's, there's always going to be some regrets from our past that we look back on and we're like, man, if I only wish. Like there's this instance where, I was 16, and I forgot to change the oil in my 1977 Cheyenne truck, and I love this truck. It's my favorite truck in the world. It had, like, dual exhaust. It sounded beautiful whenever you put on the gas pedal. And I basically broke my truck, the transmission. I had to restore it, and then afterwards, I had to sell it because I couldn't afford it. And... And I'm like, I'm looking back, I was like, if I only knew not to do that, to actually do maintenance on my car and be smart about that, that I would actually have an amazing, like, truck sitting in my driveway right now that all these youth kids would be like, Pastor Kyle, sweet ride. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I can't do that because I made a mistake. And so I have a couple examples for us um, you know, we kind of wish we would have known then. What we, I mean, my, my mom and my dad, they told me all the time, like, whenever it comes to love, you don't know what love is like until you become a parent. And truly, until I became a parent, I truly didn't understand some of that deep love, fatherly love, and I thought I kind of got it. You know, as a student, I was sitting there, I think I got the idea and the concept. But I'm totally different whenever you actually have kids. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, if I... If I only would have had this feeling, this understanding, then kind of what I know, maybe I'd appreciate my parents a little bit more. Um, In our finances, I don't know how many of you guys can say, like, if I only knew now what I, like, then what I know now about finances... Like, uh, there were some things that we've made mistakes on. Rochelle and I, we were just recently <laughs> talking about some of the things that we made mistakes on as just as a couple since we've been married, 10 years this October. But whoop! And so we've just been talking about some of just in 10 years, like how crazy, some of the obstacles that we could have avoided if we were just been a little bit like smarter with our finances. Um, in our relationships, whether it's with family, whether it's with people, whatever, Sometimes if I only would have known about these relationships and how to deal with them, I would have handled things a little differently. If I only would have known. To my students, this is more directed to you. That one kind of was a broad scope. But to my, my students, you will eventually understand, like, how to do your homework. Like, if I, if I only knew now, like, then what I know now, to actually do your homework. Because what happens when you don't do your homework? You fail like serious, all it is like. Ser- I can't tell you how many times my brother came home and all he did—he was like the best test taker in the world. I was not. So the only way that I could pass this class is if I did the homework and I turned it in and actually tried to get a good grade. He, on the other hand, didn't do the homework and he still passed the tests. And I just was crazy. I was just like whatever. But sometimes, if you want better grades. Just do the homework and turn it in. It's not that hard. Just take some time out. And and just learning some of that stuff now will help you in the long run. Some of my my students, like, do your homework. It's going to help your grade. I mean, it's going to take that from a D to a B, and you're going to be a lot better about your GPA when you get to college. It's going to be so much nicer. Um, So you don't stay out past your curfew. Another thing you learn, I wish I only knew then what I know now. So how many times did anybody get in trouble for being out past their curfew? I know you've been in trouble. Out past your, your mom, she, she took away everything from you. <laughs> she took away everything from you. But see, I, I got in trouble for being out past my curfew. I got in trouble for calling them and telling them that I was, like, held up and that I was on my way and I was going to be late. And they're just, their dad is just like, no. You needed, to for, you needed to be home. And I'm just, I just, nothing I can, he's like, no, 11 o'clock is 11 o'clock. And so I'm like, okay, all right, grounded for two weeks. All right, here we go. If I only knew then what I know now is that friendships don't last forever. Friendships don't last forever. And so I wish that that's something that I would have knew whenever I was a little younger. Just it helps me cope. It helps me understand. I gotta make new friends. It helps me understand I gotta be more personable sometimes. Sometimes it actually helps me understand like you gotta value what you do have. And so friendships don't last forever. And that yellow doesn't mean go faster. Some of you teenagers need to learn the fact that yellow does not mean go faster. Now some of the adults need to learn this same lesson, but I believe and I trust that you guys are smart enough to know whenever it's okay to go faster on yellow. So I just don't trust it. I don't trust the students. I really don't. I just don't think that they get it. They don't, they don't understand it. So, you're just pointing the finger at you, huh? You're doing the Blake Shelton over here. <laughs> so there are many life lessons that we can look back and think about how if you only New, And that's basically the theme of what this month is about. And so I'm about to dive in. So uh, last week we talked about prayer. This is kind of giving you a recap. Students, remember last week we we talked about prayer. And we talked about real prayer is right prayer. So I don't know about you guys, but one of the biggest myths whenever it comes to prayer, because I've had to ask of me before, I mean, I like to point him out because he's the one that was the most vocal. But Junior kept asking me, hey, like, Pastor Kyle, why is it you can pray for so long? <laughs> <laughs> and and basically he's telling me, you pray too long, old dude. Let's go. Let's move on with service. It's basically what he's saying. But no, he's he, he was being genuine. He was asking me, like, hey, how is it that you can pray for so long? And I said, practice. A lot of it's practice. But one of the biggest myths that people forget about is that Whenever it comes to prayer, prayer doesn't have to look like a Hallmark card. Prayer doesn't have to read like a Hallmark card. It can be raw. It can be real. And that's just the genuineness of it is that God wants real prayer, from you, And so that was one of the things that we just wanted to bust on some of these myths, that if I only knew in my spiritual walk and in my spiritual journey, then what I know now. And so that's kind of where we're leading tonight. I want to be able to challenge us whenever it comes to, and you can flip over to the next slide or to the next page. I want to challenge us to take that same mindset, challenging us spiritually, because this week we will be going over the concept that the church is not an it but in us. The church is not an it, but in an us. And so I believe that we can all agree that going to church is a good idea, right? Yeah, we're all here. So we, we think that going to church is a good idea, like flossing, you know, like recycling, and maybe occasionally getting that good scrub down shower. Everybody in this room, you're going to be looking like, I know some parents in this room that are looking at their kids like, yeah, it's been a couple days. I have to remind kids at camp that they need to shower because they start to stink. And I I don't like that. I give them some cologne. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but a boy's locker room, a guy's locker room, I mean, it, it's combined with a bunch of stink. I mean, you got... You got bo on top of like Axe body spray on top of like nasty gym clothes, and it just all combines to this one like it doesn't smell good odor. It's terrible. So, Manuel, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you just started football back, and you know your this smell is very pungent. Everyone walks out, you know it, and so some of you guys, whenever you you need to get you need to shower. It's very important. <laughs> so. We believe that it's a good idea. These are all good ideas. Brushing your teeth, recycling, you know, flossing, all this stuff. But after we all agree that church is a good idea, eventually life just kind of happens to us. Or we happen to life. And so we do one of two things. And number one, Chip, read it. What does it say? What's number one? stop showing visit phys- stop showing up physically yeah you stop showing up to church like presently like phys- or you, like you you stop showing up to church like physically being here on a regular basis like whenever sometimes life gets crazy gets busy and i mean we just check out it makes it easy sometimes crazy things happen and our schedules get off i mean right now my schedule at the office is nuts i haven't been this busy than I think in like four months, than I am in the last two days. It's been, it's been insane. Um, but life gets crazy. Life gets busy, and people demand things of us. They demand our time. And so whenever it comes to church, sometimes that gets pushed off onto the back burner. And, and so, Christiana, give me number two. Stop showing up mentally. Yeah. We stop showing up mentally. Like, so we're here, but we're not here presently. It's like we're here, but it's a routine thing, and we check out. It's, it's something that we just kind of, it's just out of habit. We're here. I'm checking in. I'm going to do my punch card church thing. And then I, once it's done, I'm out of here. But I, I, did my, I did my due diligence. We're good. We good? Okay. Um, and this could be what a lot of you have experienced already. I mean, how many of you guys have faced challenges like this? You've, you felt like showing up at the church physically, actually being here can be difficult. Sometimes even like church can be bo- like, it can get boring. Let's just be real. Showing up to church whenever I was a teenager, I can't tell you how many times I was making fun of the guy that was falling asleep during passionate nabs like as he was preaching, and only to find out that he has narcolepsy. <laughs> And I felt really bad afterwards, but I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my friends or I'm passing notes and I'm, I'm just bored sitting in church. And so sometimes after a while, the mundaneness or the habitual pattern of being in church can get boring. And so that's something that we're constantly having to fight against and trying to be here, not only physically, but presently in the moment and mentally here. So what's the big deal about church anyway? Why is it that big a deal? Let's look at how Christ describes the church. So I tell my kids, if you have your phones... I like to encourage them to get the Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, I encourage you to download it on your phone. There's all kinds of really awesome reading plans. There's a daily verse of the day. You can get in there. In anywhere you're at, you have access to a Bible. So on your phone, the Bible app, Life Church is actually the one that puts it out. They've done an incredible job. And so I just encourage you, get that uh, Bible app. But I also do that to give them time to turn to Matthew 16, 13, 19, um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 19. And I'm going to read it. This is what Jesus has to say. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus asked, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And this is Simon Peter's response. And this is just so good. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, and this is important for us to catch because this is he talking about the, the church, talking about the church here. He says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man but by the Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock – Peter being the rock of the church, right? I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you guys, okay, so we're talking about Jesus is like declaring, Peter, I'm going to build my church through you. You're going to be the rock of the church. It's going to start with you. And what does he say then after that catches your it catches my attention. I don't know about you, but it says just something empowering and it says the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Like being the church, the gates of hell will not overcome the church. The gates of hell will not overcome the church. That's powerful. That's incredible. That's awesome. So, I mean, anytime we feel some pushback from, like, whatever the world's throwing our way, whatever our problems that are compounding around us, being able to realize that we have the power to overcome it is incredible. And this is Jesus giving foresight to Peter saying, look, you guys will have the power to overcome hell. He's just speaking that into the church and saying, this is what you are going to be able to do. And this is your power. And that's awesome. But one of the things that always sticks out in my mind is that whenever we talk about the power of the church, sometimes we forget about, I said it even in our prayer earlier, is that where two or more are gathered, there is Jesus in the midst of us. And that Jesus is what? Buzzword. Power. Jesus is power. Jesus is power. He's power. And where two or more are gathered and in the midst of us he is there. Christ is with us as we pray, as we do anything together as a church. There is power in that presence. There's power whenever we gather together and I find that that's incredible. So we're kind of discovering what Christ says about the church. So why is it that people get caught up And this is where I feel like a lot of us do, because I can relate as a teenager. We get caught up in the programs of church. We get caught up in just that it's a place. I can't tell you how many times my youth pastor got up and was sitting here telling me to understand what the church really is, and I still didn't get it. It wasn't until I actually dived in, like I dove in, not just into the word, but I actually dove in to understanding who is the church. Did I understand what that looks like? Or like actually being a part of a church and actually doing things and going outside of my comfort zone. Really, whenever I was a youth kid, I was sitting there thinking it was like a a three-step program. Because you come and bring your friends to youth, they get saved, they get out, they go and have an amazing life. That's just not reality. Numbers tell us differently. And I'm just thinking that it's program-driven. Great, this is awesome. I'm sitting there thinking, like, going to youth group is like going to my football team and hanging out with all my guys and going on to my squad and playing and just doing life together. But I learned it's so much more than that. And so it talks, I mean, I had to go into uh, really taking a look at Acts chapter 2 just to be able to kind of gain this information, gain this knowledge, have a better understanding. And Acts chapter 2 reads differently. It reads a little different. So if you would, go to Acts chapter 2, and it's going to start in verse 41. This is like one of my favorite things that the assembly of God loves to stand on and preach on. It's just Acts chapter 2. I got Where is it at? Come on. I didn't have it marked. Acts 2, 41 through 47. It says this. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So, really, what we're learning right out of the gate about the New, Te- or New Testament church right out of the gate, is that they proclaimed the name of Jesus. They spoke and they were excited to tell anyone that they could come in contact with about the name of Jesus. And that's, that's, a, that's something that we need to, like, think about real hard. Are we doing that? Do we have that excitement? Are we, I mean, are we pumped just to tell people about who he is? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need, and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'm read that last part. And God added to their number daily those who were being saved. A couple things that really stand out from this passage is that they love each other. They were willing to do life in community with one another they loved each other in such a radical way that people noticed and they wanted to be a part of it. And sometimes that's, it's one of those questioning do we love each other as a church that much? Do we show each other love? Do we show them the love of Christ? And just the second thing is excitement. Everyone was filled with awe, they all got the sense that they couldn't wait for what God was about to do next. They were filled with awe. They were sitting there waiting for what God was doing, and like they were, the apostles were performing miracles. And God's been doing miracles in this church since I arrived, and not even before. I've just witnessed it through prayer. God's been doing incredible things in this church through prayer, and I cannot wait for the next thing. I cannot wait for what God's about to do in this church and what's next. And the generosity says generosity. That means that if you were in need, the church had your back. Not the church as in it. But the church, as in us, had your back. They all devoted themselves to helping each other out. And this got people's attention. The church was a place that people couldn't wait to go. It was the people that made the church so powerful and attractive. And I want you to really think about that because this is the concept that we really need to consider tonight and this is where I really wanna hit home is that the church is not about an it, it's about an us. And whenever it comes to the example that's written right here in Acts chapter two, it says that it's about the people. And it's the people who attracted people to come to church. It's the people who attracted people. It's not about how beautiful our building is. It's not about who pastors this church Because the Bible tells us that the church is the people. You, me, everyone sitting in these pews. You are the church. I'm just happy that I'm called just to kind of help give you the tools you need to go do what God's called you to do, and that's be the church. Well, that's crazy. It's just whenever we, if I only knew whenever I was a kid, if I only knew whenever I was a teenager, if I only would have known then what I know now, that church is not about a program, it's not about some Place that I can come and worship and lift my hands that I, my, myself, me, am an active person and I have full responsibility of being the church. How that changes your attitude about church. How that changes your attitude and it completely shapes and molds your mind and how you respond to the world differently. And that, that is the biggest, if I only knew now what I knew then, it's always been about the people. So if you flip to the next one, church today is still meant to be about the people you can't wait to be around. The people you can call when life gets hard. The people you can run to when you mess up and need forgiveness. The people you join with if you want to make a difference in the world. The people who love each other, forgive each other, and look out for each other, and dream with each other about what Jesus is going to do through their lives. And we must, guys, we must learn to stop viewing the church as an it and seeing it as an us. That's, I can't tell you, I mean, I've been guilty of this I've sat in the pew right where you're at, and I've listened to my youth pastor. I've listened to my pastor sit here and tell me it's not about an it. It's not about a place. It's not about a thing. It's not about a program, and that's all I took. I, I was all engaged in the programs and the do-it-all and just getting involved in the youth and jumping into the next opportunity that the church had just so I could. You know what happens whenever you actually get involved with the church and be the church? You know what's amazing is whenever we go out and we're giving out these baskets to all of the people in, these, in, the, in our community behind us that whenever it comes to Thanksgiving time, they need two weeks' worth of food, and we're able to go around and supply them with their needs, being the church. You know what's amazing is whenever I hear about somebody, and she's actually in this room, Christiana, I don't know if you remember this, but, but probably those glasses right there. Someone in the church overheard that Christiana needed a new pair of glasses. And you know what they did? Said, I got it. I'll pay for it. Be in a church. It's incredible what happens whenever we all join in and we collaborate, whenever we can be there for one another. I can't Just a couple weeks ago, I'm sitting in someone's living room, and I'm able to be the church helping people through some of the difficult times in their lives. I'm getting called to go to the NICU unit and spend time praying with a family and with a baby. And I can't tell you, I love being a church and I love doing it with you, with everyone in this room. And that's just the biggest thing about it. I love church whenever it's about us. And it's not about an it. It's not about this building. It's not about the pastors that occupy or preach from the pulpit on a regular basis. It's not about me. It's us. It's what we can accomplish and what we can do together. The things that we're able to accomplish in Africa, I know Mike and Starla and Terry, you guys are about to go to Malawi, and you guys are, uh, we've, we're celebrating, what, 70 years? Is it 70? That's incredible. Like, that's amazing accomplishments, that, and, and we're able to do incredible things even here at home. I can't tell you, whenever I go, and I'm outside the elementary school, and I'm healthy being plant Flowers to make that beautiful over the summer, and Miss Macias and some of her, her some of her teachers and their volunteers are just so grateful that we're there helping out and that we're even showing an interest in our community that we even have a caring mind that we want to show up and provide shirts one of the shirts for one of their uniforms for the kids like this is being the this is doing incredible things, and we get to be a part of that and so i'm going to go into my closing if kind of Knock the lights down just a little bit. This is what I want us to ask ourselves tonight. Do you feel like we're in us church? I asked the question starting out in the very beginning. Do we know each other? Have we really taken the time to get to know each other? The only way we can be in us church is if we do take the time to get to know each other, to be invested in each other, to help each other out to the things that life throws our way, and that's how we be in. It, that's how we are in us church. So we need to ask ourselves, what part can I play in changing that? what part can I play in making this an us church? Because guys, Acts 2 says, it's not about the building. What is this? so attractive, what people were so gravitating to want to add to their number every day was you. And that's, that's an incredible thought, it's an incredible concept that if we can only grasp this about a, the church, it's us now. If we can grasp it now, there's no telling what God has for our future as a church. There's no telling sky's the limit. Supernatural favor of God, theme of the year. I'm looking forward to more of that. Last question is, do you feel like you need the love of Christ in your life before you can even think about joining in to contribute to being an us church. So if you would bow your heads. God was dealing with your heart, saying, you know, Kyle, I want to be better about contributing. I want to be more of an us church. I need to put forth more of an effort. I can always do more. I can always get to know more people. I can always go out on my way to say hello. I can always go out. I can start going to a Sunday school class. I can get involved in some of the choir programs. I can help. Crazy, not crazy idea. I can come and help in youth. But I can always get better. There's something about... What you're saying whenever it comes to being in us church, that's just moving me right now. And so if that's you and God is speaking to your heart through the Holy Spirit, if that's you and just say, you know what, I can contribute, I can do better, I want to be in us church. If that's you, is that you can just throw your hand up? Yeah. 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 Man, this is exciting. I love this. I love this is exciting. But if before you you feel like you can dive in just to being in us church and contributing, doing your part, and you're just like, you know what, Pastor Kyle, I need to be able to have Jesus in my life. I need to start there so that I can then become doing what the church, being what he's called us to be. If that's you, slip up your hand. Yeah. Anybody else? else? This is incredible, this is incredible. Rick, uh, would you mind coming up front? Benny, senior, would you mind coming up here? Demion, come on up. Guys, if you raised your hand for any of these things, these men, Dana, could I get you to come up? These men and women, they know how to not only lead you to Jesus, they are powerful in prayer. And they will help you through whatever life's going your way. And just allow them the opportunity and the chance to be the church and pray with you. And so as the music plays, let's play some music. And as we, like, once we're done here, you're dismissed. If you felt like, hey, yeah, I feel like God's speaking in my heart tonight, just come on. I'll, I'll be up here. You can come pray with me. I want to pray with you. But, guys, the concept of being the us church rather than the it, I think we can all be better at that, all of us. And if you need Jesus and you need God just to come and.